0: I'm Jeremy Dale. I'm Ronnie West. We are mental health professionals who are convinced that the goal of parenting is to produce competent and virtuous adults. Welcome to the Good Parents, Good Children podcast. Teach me about uh, I have to because uh, I don't have our kids. I mean, they're they're not really allowed to say I have to, but uh, Lee does want or insist upon uh, having a a lamp on for sleeping, which is like, fine. It's not hurting anybody, but w- what do you do with, I have to have the light on. I, I, I can't sleep without it. Again, this is I, another I, I have kind to of, have my stuffed animal,
1: right? This is another kind of self-limiting statement. It's mm-hmm. also, um, it's a kind of a lie because it's saying that um, things must go a certain way or else. Okay. Or else what? right? I have to have the light on in order to go to bed. No, I could put you in your bed, and then I could turn the light off. And then you'd have a choice. Cry a lot and then go to sleep. Cry a little and then go to sleep. Or don't cry and then go to sleep. You know what's going to happen eventually? If you lie still on your bed with your head in your pillow, eventually you're going to go to sleep. And you're not going to die. And nothing bad is going to happen to you. You might have a nightmare. But you know what? After the nightmare, you'll be fine. And then after a couple of nights, you'll stop having nightmares. Like this is, it's interesting because the I have tos, they create, they can create rituals. Rituals Mm -hmm. can be related in a way they can be related to PTSD. They can be related. They're very much related to OCD. They can be related Mm -hmm. to other anxiety disorders. They're a inappropriate way to handle fear. If it's a ritual based on nothing. Now there's other rituals that are potentially useful, Right. Like, um, I'm not even sure where I'm going with this, but hopefully I'll be able to land the plane I'm thinking (laughs) about like, you know, a surgeon washing their hands in between the fingers and the fingernails with a certain type of soap for a certain amount of time that becomes ritualized, right? A person can follow through on that ritual, not understanding all of the scientific research that went into why the ritual exists the way that it does. And if the ritual exists for good reason, then following through on the ritual is useful. Well, then you get people with OCD or PTSD or other anxiety disorders or kids who are afraid of the dark or kids who are afraid of going to bed without their you know, blanket or whatever. And they're engaging in a ritual based on nothing, <laughs> nothing. And the ritual... It's kind of like smoking in order to get the nicotine high, but you're an addict. So you yeah. don't actually get a nicotine high. You just get to feel normal. When I smoke, I get to feel so good. No, when you smoke, you just feel the way everybody else does because you're an addict. And if you yeah. stop smoking, you feel cruddy. Like, I don't have to smoke to feel
0: normal. I
1: have to drink soda or coffee to feel normal.
0: Yeah, well, you're, you're talking about... Uh... Good habits and bad habits, and we're when you, yeah. when you talk about this re-scripting, we're talking about building the good habits of, of re-scripting. Because remember, virtue and goodness aren't internal; they're not normative. They have to be built, developed. They're actually abnormal. Our our natural state is build bad habits and gratify ourselves, <laughs> and so we're yes. we and we're trying to avoid. Uh, the, the bad habits gaining gaining steam because as they do, they, they gain power like staying power. What I'm about to say is true with lots of things, but the
1: ritual thing, it just really struck me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes parents enjoy infantilizing their children. Mm. Um, and this is not great for virtue or competence. Growth, improvement, and moving towards needing you as a parent less, yeah. that's the goal. And when you let your child um, remain more immature than they ought to be, that's mm-hmm. not good. Now, you know, there's a matter of opinion about this, the right timing, that's a matter of opinion. All of that is not perfectly clear. Okay. I've got background noise. I think I've got a neighbor kid outside having fun. So hopefully it's not so distracting that it's messing us up, but (laughs) your fun noises, that's the fun noises is neighbor kids playing with my kids. Um, so, uh, embrace growth, embrace, um, your kids not meeting you in the same way, not like poor relationship and not loving, like good relationship, loving, but embrace maturity and them moving on and so you know they don't you know let's move on from needing a blankie in order to be okay or needing that stuffed animal to be okay Mm -hmm. let's move on from these rituals that are keeping a kid infantilized i mean at some point there's a matter of opinion about this exactly when i like to kill that stuff as soon as possible i'm like kill it with fire let's just move on like i don't want you depending on these things because it creates too high of a cost and maybe part of that is because i have seven kids I don't have time for seven different sets of rituals um, or even if it's just with the little kids, the rituals.
0: Yeah, and so one of the things you're bringing out, uh, uh, I believe, is the importance of using our own example because we want to be uh, exampling good words, good habits with with ourselves and our children because this is not only important for for kids. It's really important for adults and especially for young adults. So we're going to be making these changes in ourselves in our children, and then, uh, you know, when when they're young adults, they're able to to impart it on uh, to the next generation. So, how do we make it work with kids in our homes? Well, one of the ways is if you have reading age children, you're actually able to put up on the walls uh, what the bad words are and what some of the alternatives are, uh, and and that way, it's it's just real simple. It's visible uh, in the living space. And another one is you really have to take um, investment time uh, to teach this to your children. So uh, again, we advise a uh, family teaching time that, that every family uh, ought to adopt. You Find how and where that fits into your schedule, but don't neglect it. It's, it's just absolutely uh, essential. Yeah, we
1: as a family, we don't always do this and we get really busy depending on timing and stuff. But sometimes after having a family dinner together, we will read from this really cool book. I think it's called The Big Book of Virtues by um,
0: William Bennett.
1: Yeah, he uh, now he did most of it. He didn't write. It's mostly a collection of poems and readings from different stories. It, it's you know, there's biographies and ancient um Uh, You know, fairy tales and all kinds of cool stuff, but it's all themed around different virtues, respect, kindness, um, friendship, you know, whatever, just different kinds of things like that. And it's been fantastic, right? We'll talk about why was this good or why was this behavior bad in the story or what does it mean? And talking about that and articulating it, it all aids in these sort of script creating Mm -hmm. You know, you're dialoguing with your kids through stories about what kinds of scripts work, what, you know, what are good things to tell yourself, what are good things to tell others, how do you talk to yourself, how do you behave yourself. So family teaching time is super important, and it can be all be a part of dealing with these, you know, swapping out the bad words with better narratives Mm -hmm. and better ways of thinking and talking.
0: Cool. Uh, We do something similar. Uh, after dinner several nights a week, we have uh, a family devotional time, which is uh, like a, a short time for uh, Christian worship, but we'll uh, often be teaching out of the same uh, big book of, of virtues. Then as we're talking about what's happening in our family, we actually have some posters up. They're just off camera here. We can come and point to what virtue uh, are, are, are we talking about. But even if you're not going that far, this is an The family teaching time is really important to to share why are these words bad and what's wrong with them, right? For little kids, you're just looking for don't say this word, say this word. For older kids, for teenagers, you're really trying to teach there's problems with these words, and I want you thinking critically because these are the skills that that are really going to serve well.
1: You know, and this this actually speaks to, like, how do you convince your kids to not do this stuff? Because, okay, I'm a fan of obedience and respecting the authority of the parents, absolutely and for sure. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to just make our kids do stuff and then expect that to, like, last forever. And you shouldn't be trying to make your kids do stuff that is stupid. right? We need to have the moral authority. We're asking them to do things that is good for their safety, obviously, that's age appropriate, of course, and is moving them towards an increase in virtue and competence so that they'll be virtuous and competent young adults. So we better be right about what we're asking them to do. It can't just be frivolous and totally arbitrary nonsense. So we should be trying to sell them on some of this stuff. And a great way to sell them on it is appropriate stories. If you find Mm. stories in Mm -hmm. children's books that articulate um, kids that say stupid, not good, bad, unuseful things like this stuff we've gone through, yeah. then you can talk about what are some things they could have said instead, right? Like this kid was, you know, he was insulting his friends and mm-hmm. saying, my friends always do this and all that they always do that. Well, how did the friends react? They got mad. They weren't happy. Well, yeah, I mean, they, he was being really mean. Well, what could he have said instead that would have helped their relationship? You know, you can use stories mm-hmm. and young kids can understand some of the stuff, more than you think, especially if you keep it. You move away from the abstract and you take mm-hmm. it to more concrete and examples of stories. And the Big book of Virtues can do this, but you know you can find this in other kids' books if you get the right ones. Or you can just tell a story yourself. Go, you know what? Yeah. I want to tell them a story about that's not fair. And I would do that on a day when the kid didn't say it. Right. That way, it doesn't feel like I made this story up, or I'm telling you this story as a moral story, because you did this, then it becomes, instead of fun story time, it becomes lecture time. It's better to go over this stuff when it's, uh, you
0: know, a little bit separated from them making here. Mm -hmm. I think. Another thing you can do is don't respond to the bad words, like, like respond to the replacement words. And there's levels of this. Uh, so Ronnie was telling him, telling me, well, you know, if, if, one of my kids said one of the bad words, I might let them know I'm going to act like you said one of the good words. Um, so that's not fair, but this is a very young kid who's not internalized these things yet. And, and, and the response can be, you know, uh, I noticed that you said that's not fair, but you know not to say that. So I'm going to act as if you said things didn't go how I wanted them to. <laughs> right? That's kind of our, our lowest level. The next is re- remind them what the the correct version is. Like, okay, you just said never. Can you think of a different way to say that? And as this gets even more internalized, hopefully you've got a post trip in your your home that you you can demonstrate to them. And oh yeah, okay, I remember. And right, <laughs> because they're working on building these better scripts. Right, and you
1: can you know one of the things you can do is as hopefully your kids buy into this and they start working with you on it and changing their words over and using the right kinds of words. You can point out, hey, does it feel better? You know, I noticed. Mm. So, for example, don't just say, I noticed you said this and we don't respond to that. You could say, I noticed you said it the right way. Yes. You think that made you feel better than the other way? Or I noticed, you know, your sister said this. She could have said, I hate this or I hate that. She just said, oh, I don't like it when. How did that make, you know, how was that for you? Did that seem kind of better? And you they can go, oh, yeah, you know, um, that did seem better. Well, like
0: usual, uh, punishment is important, and it, it has to be part of an effective parenting plan, but we want punishment to be uh, brief, sparing, and effective. The more reinforcing we can do, the less punishment we have to do, and, and even connecting that, that good uh, praise, positive reinforcement with feelings is teaching some, some of the why because, hey, we want to be happy together, and you know we don't want conflict.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've seen, you know, as a side note, I've seen times when like uh, a greater than average amount of punishment is a useful thing that needs to happen briefly. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe that is the deal. But in general, man, if you could figure out a way to get things done without punishment, that is that is, you know, that's great. You just have to pay attention to like parenting resources and child resources and how things are going. Um, but then back to how do you sell your kids on the, don't use the bad words. Mm -hmm. This, maybe this should be our first point from the very beginning of the video, but don't be a hypocrite.
0: Like all the stuff we're saying,
1: don't let your kids do well. You you bloody better. Well, not say it yourself. Come on. Like, don't be running around saying always and never. And I hate and I can't and all this stuff. You need to get control of how you think and talk and how you behave so that your actions show that you don't think this way and your words show that you don't think this way and you have the kind of healthy relationship with yourself and others in front of your kids and when you're not in front of your kids that you're following this advice for yourself. And if you have a habit of saying some of this stuff, I strongly and confidently believe your life will be a little bit better or a lot better by making these changes. I mean, for one thing, these words... Um, they leave hope for hope and grace and virtues. And so you could just making the change to your words can make those things increase. And then you just feel better. You just feel better. It's good. What we're trying to do with all of these specific examples is really change an internal philosophy in a way of looking at life. Right. Mm. If, you're, if you're embracing <clears throat> nuance, embracing honesty and hope, you're not using overly negative language and exaggerated language and language that it's, assumes the worst of others or yourself or of life, of existence, then you're embracing a philosophy of things can get better and it's my job to make that possible. It's my job to yep. set up a scenario that increases the likelihood that things get better for me and for the people around me. So this isn't just a frivolous sort of, um, you know, we're not just doing like what's the magic word, say please and thank you, which although that is important, it's it's
0: deeper than that. It's, it's embracing the philosophy that my actions can and really do impact my outcomes. Right? In, in psychology, they call this an internal locus of control, which I actually yeah. studied. I actually studied that a little bit uh, in in my dissertation. Uh, And what I found was that people who uh, have an internal locus of control feel less guilt, shame, depression, anxiety, PTSD, anger. I mean it was point for point for point. People who thought their actions actually impacted their outcomes were mentally healthier. People who thought the world was stacked against them, uh, it was an inherently… A dangerous and evil place, and their actions didn't impact their future. Were really depressed and mentally um, unhealthy,
1: which is interesting because what you're describing there has to do with um, sort of the virtue of responsibility, taking responsibility mm. for <laughs> your future and your actions. Now we want to embrace nuance and honesty, and the fact is that people are born in situations where. Um, you know, in life, if life had levels like a video game, some people get to start at a higher level because of just uh, advantages that just yeah. is what it is. Other people, um, you know, other people may start at a lower level and that's just a fact. And it's, it's more nuanced than that. They may start in a higher level in some way and a lower level in mm-hmm. others. You know, you could be born into a family that doesn't have a good attitude towards virtue and doing what's right Yes, And they have a lot of vices, but they have a lot of wealth. What does that mean? You start at a lower level when it comes to um, understanding, pursuing virtue, and making things better for others. You start at a higher level when it comes to wealth or other pursuits, right? So there's different levels and different things, and people start in different places. Luck factors in, and uh, biology factors into some mm-hmm. pursuits. If you want to be an athlete or you want to, uh, to do things that require a lot of good health, Um, You know, all of that stuff factors in and that's just a fact. You can't get away from that. But when you choose to think about the things you have control over and then work with with those to see how far you can get when you decide to behave as if your thoughts and words and decisions and actions are what's going to make the difference. You don't lie and say that there's no other factors. You just decide to behave as if the main factor are the things you're going to choose then you're taking responsibility for your actions mm-hmm. and when you take responsibility for your actions you're taking responsibility to some degree for the outcomes of those actions what happens That's later right. i'm going to take i'm going to hold current me excuse me i'm going to hold past me responsible for the situation that i find myself in now mm-hmm. and i'm going to i'm going to hold current me responsible for the situation i find myself in the future overall and that's how I'm going to choose to live my life. Now, not embracing like shame and guilt to an un you know to an unnecessary and unpleasant degree, because um, you could fall into that trap. But overall, I'm going to try to do that and think about things in that way. And that's the virtue of responsibility. And that's very much tied into all of these bad words and then like the good word replacements. You
0: know, and it's not even saying most of my state now is due to past me, or most of my state in the future is due to current me. Now, it probably is but it's being willing to embrace the nuance of even if you're like our our friend who quoted on on twitter and thought the world was was horribly oppressed against him if you're being nuanced gracious and practicing the virtue of honesty in addition to responsibility you've got to say some of my state now is due to my own actions my own decisions some of my future state is going to be due to to what i'm doing now and we're emphasizing uh the benefits of Virtuous decision making and and pursuit of virtues, so you have the best possible outcome. And it's not just adults, though it is, it's kids. And so, hello, good parents. This is a parenting video, and we're talking about the importance of using these words early on to really have that that head start to be a a virtuous adult.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it's a very odd or extreme or perhaps impossible situation where. If you, if you embrace virtue and competence to a great degree and you try to continue to pursue it more and more and more, your situation will improve. And everyone that is around yes. you is a little bit better off based on how good of a job you're doing in your pursuit of virtue and competence and how close they are to you, right? If you're pursuing it a lot and they have a close relationship with you, they are much better off because of your pursuit. That is almost always going to be the case. Maybe you're in such an extreme situation that it's not, mm-hmm. but that, that is so incredibly rare. I mean, if if you're in a concentration camp in an evil totalitarian state or a gulag and you're pursuing virtue and competence where you are, you could make the situation slightly better for the people around you. I mean, I think that's Victor Frankl, right? That's part yeah, that's of him. what he's pursuing. <clears throat> When he, uh, you know, he talked about how he learned about his therapy ideas while he was in Jewish concentration camps or Jewish um, death camp, whatever they're called, the evil Nazi camps that Jews were pushed pushed into, forced into. You know, even in situations as extreme as that, this really works. It really helps.
0: Well, and his his competence development was uh, was to a certain degree limited based on the the types of of competence he he was pursuing. Oh yeah, of course. His his virtuous development wasn't limited in the slightest a matter of fact based, based on his own writings it was frankly unfortunately it was being catalyzed and this, this almost sounds like um like this Bible verse of like love joy peace patience kindness gentleness and self-control and you say uh, in, in the Bible it'll say against these things there is no law right it was, uh, yes it's true that Soviet Russia was actually um, Demonizing um and and illigizing honesty, but that's pretty unusual too. So rarely are we finding laws against honesty, humility, wisdom, courage, faithfulness uh, and and that's why we have responsibility to develop these things and uh, in, in ourselves, and as we do, we become literally better, gooder uh, and, and and our kids do too. And this has been good parents, good children. You just watched one of our videos on good parents don't let their kids say bad words. So remember to like it. And even if you didn't like it, please like it, but also comment. And subscribe to this video and our YouTube channel and our other social media. You've been listening to the Good Parents, Good Children podcast. Thank you for joining us.
1: Remember, if you have kids, you can parent, you may parent, you must parent. Please check out the other episodes in this series on the Good Parents, Good Children podcast.